Hello and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here to help spread the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building better relationships with other people, but ultimately building a more harmonious and stronger connection with Mother Earth. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to Mother Earth, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can help improve the relationship with yourself to again empower yourself so you can empower your community and empower our beautiful planet. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here. And this month, we are so, so excited to be featuring Philip Wolf. Um, he is a local rapper, singer, songwriter here based in Las Vegas. Um, and so fittingly, this month is also AAPI month and mental health awareness month. So it's a uh, it's a good month to just talk about all the things and especially bring to light, um, unfortunately, different things happening against our Asian American community. Um, so, but today we're going to talk about Philip Wolf and get to know him a little bit more and his story. So, hi, Philip. Hi. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for being here with me. So, I'm excited to get to know you more and to help the community get to know you more too. Let's let's dig in. Let's do it. So <laughs> my first uh, go-to question that I always ask people is, uh, what is it that you love about yourself and how has that quality helped you in your life? I think uh, being a military kid and kind of switching around um, kind of helps you be able to adapt, kind of be like a chameleon of some sort. So I, I think um, one of my best qualities is definitely like empathizing with people. I feel like, um, you know, I have my human moments where I might react or whatever, but I feel like I, I'm always uh, ready to bounce back and kind of see it from the other side. Um, I'll stand strong on my opinions, but I think it's really important to see where people are coming from in perspective. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, learning about different cultures was really big and helping me with that too, so. That's great. What did you did you guys live in different countries growing up or just mainly the U.S., different places? Uh, I spent I think it was like five to six months in the Philippines and I've been back to the Philippines very often. Um, so that's probably the main one. But I have been to Thailand, Japan. I was actually born in Japan as well. Oh, and we cool. lived in Korea for a, a small stint. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, all Asian countries, but th there's such a huge dynamic that you'll you'll really notice going mm. to those countries of course but yeah night and day for sure mm -hmm. but it's so true what you said right like it, it's it's uh my my family also military family my 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 siblings were the ones that had to move around a lot and just hearing stories of just having to like leave everything and pick up and start over again. And it, it can be taxing, but it is true, right? The, the positive is what you said, the adaptability that you do gather over time and how that can actually help you in, in your life. So it's great that you found a good way to, to, I'm sure challenging at times, but that you saw how it's actually positively impacted you. 
yeah i mean definitely you 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 switch friends a lot and that's kind of a frustrating part but um, it really just opens your eyes to a lot because uh i mean even traveling within the states you you just notice that everybody comes from a completely different background so i just think it it really helps mm -hmm. um you know just kind of make you take a deep breath and be like hey everybody doesn't think like me you know mm -hmm. so yeah and especially you know, since the pandemic and just all the other societal upheaval that we've been all experiencing now, the more than ever, I think if we can all really hone in our, on our empathy, it'll actually help reconstruct society in a more positive way. So it's great that you have that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think we need empathy more than ever for sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So now tell us a little bit more, um, just about go a little bit deeper about your background and how um, music came to be in your life and any other artistic expression that you'd like to talk about as well. Probably started like a, a lot of people's stories. I had an older sibling um, that was like super engulfed in music. So I just wanted to be like her, my older sister, Angela. Um, shout out to her. And uh, she was just performing all over town. So I was a little kid and um, she got me on stage probably around six or seven. And um, I have like a mixed feeling about starting so young. I think it was it was great for um, helping me get out of my shell, public mm -hmm. speaking. And, and um, you know, I'm never shy to be in front of people. Um, but it's definitely a lot to take in when you're a little kid, too. So I started acting at a really young age. Um, back in Texas, where I'm from, and uh, it just kind of gradually balanced music on the side. Acting was my first love, and then uh, just faced some unfortunate stuff with acting, and, and really leaned on music to kind of get my creative outlet out. So it was uh, kind of a blessing because music is amazing to get yourself kind of out there. Yeah. So you started mostly was it with rapping when you were when you were younger? Was that your your first? Yeah, well, to tell the truth, it was singing first. And uh, I went to like a very, very like urban school where like rapping was like what everybody did. Um, so I think funnily enough with like getting on stage and stuff like that, I was just super insecure about singing. Um, so I think I leaned on rapping as like a crutch and then singing came later. And uh, I think I was always a singer as yeah. well. It's just uh, hard when everybody's, you know, spitting flows around you it's, it's hard to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not everybody can be zao and just you know, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. it's funny like, <laughs> shout out to zao but he, but he's so um he's so hard on himself though man i'm like man you're so great <laughs> definitely mm -hmm. yeah but it is, you know, especially when we're younger, too, we get I find like just so much more in our heads, right, about what we even like. And we get afraid of of uh, showing ourselves. So and understandably that you did what you did. I, I totally understand. <laughs> it still is terrifying, I'm sure. But uh, I don't think you ever get it fully out. There's just different ways to to cope, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Uh, being completely vulnerable is, is terrifying, but it's a good terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were, so when was it mostly then that you started to, um, did you start to perform right away too? Like with, with your music back in, was it back in Texas? Uh, yeah. So 
Okay, so one of my biggest influences, I, I always like to say this because I feel like it, it's really unique, but one of my biggest influences is the gym class heroes. Mm. And uh, I know that's super weird, but if you go back and listen to uh, one of their first albums, it's called The Papercut Chronicles, and it's super poetic. It's really, it's like way before they became um, poppy mm-hmm. and added like Adam Levine hooks and whatnot. Uh, they were super poetic and they played over a BD band. And uh, like I said, I went to that urban high school. So mm-hmm. when I started rapping, I didn't want to do the hard hitting beats because I felt like everybody was doing that. So there was like a nice balance of rock and rap with the gym class hero. So um, I started a band, I rapped over the band and we started performing like in high school. Um, and there's this like staple back in San Antonio called the White Rabbit, super like grungy rock spot that would bring all the big acts and we would we would perform there like once or twice a month and mm-hmm. have fun with all the high school kids it was a blast for sure mm-hmm. but so we were like the gym class heroes essentially yeah to start off that's awesome i used to love them uh when i was yeah. younger yeah bringing me back bringing back memories <laughs> let's talk more like when coming to vegas and and how you came here and did you start um in the music scene right away or what what happened what was your journey like my main goal from texas i felt like i was doing well in texas uh with music but I, it felt uh san antonio was not like a huge market um for anything like that it's very it's very military town it's very wholesome and, and i always tell people it's a great place to grow up and a great place to retire but when you're like in your weird like college to 20s it's not necessarily like that city to be in. It doesn't really embrace art like that. It's starting mm-hmm. to now. Yeah. Um, so to me, I felt like I was doing great there, um, but I wanted to take it to the next level. So I was going to creep towards LA. Ended up meeting some great people out here. Um, a guy named Stahl. Um, he's a, he was a, in the Jabwalkies, one of the original members. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a lot of side projects. So uh, I ended up meeting some people out at a party and ended up linking with him and, and um, being a part of this team that was over at CMXX and uh, kind of got me staying here a lot longer than I thought I was going to be, but I absolutely <laughs> love Vegas. Uh, uh, it reminds me of Austin, um, but kind of more showier. Like I feel like the strip kind of has like a influence on the uh, local shows. They're, they're just bigger. They're, they're they pop more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like just that small, like a uh, variable that Austin was missing. So yeah, started in Texas, was creeping to LA, ended up like in Vegas. So now I'm here. That's awesome. That's so cool to hear that too. Cause as you know, I've, I grew up here in Vegas and just to see how much it's changed since I was a kid. And even in these past five years, um, the culture, I remember back in the day when the people would say, oh, Vegas doesn't have any culture. And that's one of the reasons why um, nothing to do LV came to be Coco starting that. It's like, what? There's totally so much culture here. Let me make that, make it, make it like it. I'm going to make it more accessible for people to find that out. So, um, so shout out to her and her team. That was a, yeah. Yeah. That was a shout out to Coco. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so what, a, it's such a nice compliment to hear that, you know, they're, they're, that it reminds you, cause I've never been Austin, but I've heard nothing but the, you know, great things about it. So it's cool. You know, as like a Vegas native to, to hear that it's pretty cool. <laughs> and you're, you're absolutely going to get it um, in every city. 
Um, but yeah, when I hear people that are being that are like born and raised Vegas and they're like very cynical about their city, I just mm-hmm. I would love to just drop them in San Antonio and see how their pursuit of music goes there because um yeah, I mean it's just there's just so much more resources here. I feel mm-hmm. like um the hands I'm shaking here are a lot more valuable. Not to diss my city at all. I love my city. I love San Antonio. I would love to bring back a lot of um the things that I'm learning um there but it's just not ready um, for, for people. I don't think people notice how much Vegas feels like it's going to pop soon um, <laughs> if it already isn't. Yeah, um, right. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's, and just to take it for granted. Absolutely. And just to see how much it's even grown despite the pandemic, like I'm, you know, on Main Street, Charleston and Maine, just seeing what that's looking like now. And it didn't look like that at all uh just before covid so it's it's amazing mm-hmm. to see vegas always like somehow like making it work and coming back stronger so shout out to vegas <laughs> definitely definitely shout out to vegas i was trying to uh put it into words to somebody the other day and i was telling them so like an event like this this love yourself foundation event that we're about to do on the 27th i feel like there are very cool events weekly here to where like I would have to wait sometimes months for something like this in San Antonio. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's just crazy in comparison. Um yeah. yeah. Well well put together events um are are dime a dozen in that mm-hmm. city. So yeah. the fact that it's a luxury here, we can probably go out once a week, check nothing to do with LV and and find something cool to do, you know? Crazy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to the jam and to Snaps, you know, all, all of them working so hard to build up our city. And and also just a lot of grat I have so much gratitude to um to Tony Shea, you know. It's, uh still sucks that he passed and but just the imprint. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's rest in peace and the impact he's had forever on our town and the legacy and just the inspiration that's given us so many. And cause I remember when um, people would just think of vague and it's still like what we're saying that cynicism, it's still around, but <clears throat> he allowed people to see like that it did the possibility that this could be something different. He paved the way. So, so much gratitude to, to him and all the people that work with him Ferguson's and all the good inspiring folk that we have around. <laughs> It, it still blows my mind. Um, you know, I meet born and raised uh, Vegas people, Vegas people quite a bit, and um, like they like like so many don't know what, about Ferguson. Still, it, it blows my mind. I just feel like you're not exploring. Yeah, right. The city. Uh, I just mm-hmm. yeah, I love stuff like mm-hmm. that out here, um, and that might be part of it too. I mean, Vegas is growing kind of in front of uh, your eyes. Um, people that are born and raised here aren't looking for it because they've lived here so long. So being an outsider, you know, I came into the city hot looking for everything. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah, but it's true. It's like, just got to get out of that comfort zone and, and see what's, what's happening. Cause there's so much flourishing just right, right everywhere. So it's good to, to just uh, talk it up because it deserves it. So Boston Phillips. So let's talk more. I'd want to know a little bit more about um, you mentioned 
one one band that's been a big source of your inspiration but do you have others that have contributed um or even playing a playing on when this maybe different events that have happened in your life or just anything that brings inspiration to you and your creative process um like every hip-hop artist kanye west uh is one of <laughs> the one of my biggest influences just gotta get that out there i'm not gonna elaborate on that much, <laughs> but uh, i feel like that's a traditional one for a hip-hop artist um so shout out kanye um <laughs> and uh, i would say when i had my first trip to the philippines as an adult like really like really like getting hit in the mouth with uh what, what a third world country is. I've been there so many times as a young child that uh, I don't think you process it. So uh, yeah, I think the first time I went as an adult, I was 18. And uh, I think that was like a big, like influential piece to like why I like being creative. Um, like I was telling you earlier, it just feels like they ride for you for no reason. They just like to see that a piece of them is in the States doing anything mm-hmm. cool. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're just, they're just hungry for um, to see people that look like them um, accomplishing things that uh, seem so out of reach. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my mom has nine brothers and sisters, so I got plenty of cousins that are uh, messaging me weekly telling me to keep going. And I think that's Aww. really nice. Um, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a cool feeling. Um, think you just take that for for granted too you know mm-hmm. so yeah I felt that you know just being in touch with our roots it's so important and you know whatever that looks like for people but whatever that feeling of home and connection is I think it is so important and to honor those that have come before us um, even our parents right the struggle that their their struggles that they've had to overcome to to help you hopefully have a better, better of whatever better is a better version, you know, as, as you're growing. So um, it's wonderful that you still have that connection and, uh, and you're celebrating it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like as my mom gets older, she tries to get out there as much as she can. And and luckily she likes to bring me out there. So um, it's been a blessing for sure. I've been, I've been like three times in the last eight years, which I think is crazy. Um, You know, I meet uh, people that traveled from the Philippines that live here now that haven't been back in like 10 years. So I feel definitely grateful that I'm able to go back so often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, since we're talking about it, you know, obviously I mentioned I mentioned it earlier how this month is API month. And and we talked to I mentioned briefly about the unfortunate events, right, that have been happening to our um API community, um, any any thoughts, emotions um, about it that you'd like to share, or how maybe it's impacted you or or your family? Never uh, talked about anything too hard hitting um, in an interview, um, <laughs> so I, I guess I want to be careful. But yeah, uh, yeah. anything. You I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like probably any other um Asian American child and I, I saw I see my my mom um I see you know uh aunts uncles grandma grandpa and 
in those people, those video clips. And it's just mm-hmm. like shocking to see that anyone would do that to anyone. Um, it doesn't really matter what the race is, but I mean, especially, of course, I, I was talking to my friend the other day and it's, I feel like you always knew, like, it's like Asians have always been kind of a butt of a joke in, uh, in America. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I told you earlier, I come from Texas where, where I like in my city, it was mainly Hispanic, um, then white, then black, like it, Asian was very small population. And like growing up, I would walk into rooms and I would like make a joke about my race just to like break the tension. Like I would Mm. like make the joke first because um you know and I know I look white but down there everybody knows <laughs> so it's it, it's almost like you you're you're uncomfortable because you feel it, it, it always just a part of the joke so to this I just feel like this is just an evolution of that these things that are happening um mm-hmm. I personally have always felt like to really like buckle down and address some of the problems that Asian Americans have. I've always felt like we had to like wait in line behind Black Lives Matter. Um, Mm -hmm. That was, I I felt like we had to stand together with, with that community first to address some things. And then these things started happening. And we, I mean, we had to address it, of course. Yeah. um, Because of how timely it was, but I've always felt like we had to stand with our black brothers and sisters and, solve that problem before we can move on right. i felt like we were butted with jokes where they were like being bashed you know mm-hmm. to a certain degree but i guess i'll just leave it there i mean it just hurts to yeah. to see um people that that you see yourself and that you see your family in, um you yeah. know having to deal with any of that yeah yeah no thank you for sharing and um yeah it's uh it's a, unfortunately, right. Things can't get better until we really all address, um, the uncomfortable, the uncomfortable aspects of what it means to make things better. Right. And, and I think just starting, just talking about it, bringing awareness, right. And just, um, hoping that with time things, we don't have to worry about that anymore. That's my wish. Right. Um, Mm -hmm like so many. Um, and for me too, like, you know, I mean, I'm not Asian, but I, I've, I, as a minority as well, just seeing, and not even as a minority, just as a human, just, um, the respect that I have for elders and, and seeing, unfortunately, like so many of the elders being, um, facing crimes of this nature, it just doesn't feel fair. So that's what's so insane too. Yeah. I, I, that's such a, a like, elders are held on a pedestal literally held on a pedestal in the philippines i mean they have their own checkout lanes they have mm-hmm. their own lanes to walk they're they're catered to mm-hmm. it's such a respect level for elders mm-hmm. and to just be messing with people like they're disposable is pretty is pretty um tough mm-hmm. to to digest yeah yeah so yeah you know i i just hope that you know, this brings more, it helps people hopefully become more respectful to, to elders as a result. Um, cause nobody deserves that, that treatment. And, uh, and it makes me think too, cause I, I, I went back to Spain for a little bit last year to be with, to be with family and just seeing the difference too, of how COVID, you know, now 
shifting gears a little bit to the pandemic, um, just how the elders were so respected over there. Like people wanted to follow the rules to make sure that the elders were taken care of. And, and then we come over here to the U.S., and I don't want to bash, you know, the whole country, but a lot of people here haven't had that same type of attitude, right, to to want to do what they can to help our elderly population. So it's just, you know, social commentary, really. Um, but at the bottom line, I just I hope this this does help people like even if you're not Asian um, or whatever you are, just knowing to 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 reflect and and be respectful and to treat people well. Um, and remembering like that might not be your grandmother, but imagine if it was or your mother or whoever, right? Just trying to remember that we, if in order for us to get through all of this, we have to do it together. Definitely. Um, and it really dates back to our, our, it really goes back to our conversation about traveling and how like it kind of opens your eyes. Cause I'm sure your trips to Spain, you bring it back and you're like, whoa, like, why aren't we doing this like this? Or why aren't mm. we doing this like this? And then like, you know, I feel like a, a, a not traveled person would be like, well, why don't you just move there? Like, that's the simple way to solve things. And you're mm. like, no, this country's advertised a certain way. And it just feels like these things work. So why can't I want to fix where I'm living? Like, mm -hmm. I want this to be my home. Um, it, it's frustrating because I do, I, I just feel like you need to travel. I, I think you kind of show your uh ass a little bit i don't know where like yeah uh, you're fine you, okay <laughs> i think you kind of show your ass a little bit when you make comments like that as like you're just not traveled like you just don't you're not respecting everybody's community when you um are so close-minded mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah and even if you know for whatever reason you know people's limitations like if they can't go to a different country even like going to different states right there's that you do Definitely. you know you you get to see and learn and but if you do have that opportunity to just go, go to go somewhere different where people don't look like you and it is such an eye-opening experience for sure so I'm not too familiar with Spanish culture too I was a I was going to ask you how similar it was but it sounds like it's pretty on par so yeah, very similar. And that's why, like, I've always um, naturally just uh, had a lot of Filipino, <laughs> a lot of Filipino besties, friends, brothers, sisters in my life. Um, just a natural connection, really. And and we joke about it sometimes, like, because even in LYF, the majority are either are Filipino or have. I'm the, like the only one that's not. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, but I just, I love Filipino people. That's a, a great thing. Yes. It's yeah. just, it's so, um, just such warmth, you know, I just, so it's what I feel when I'm with Filipinos, Filipino people, Asian Americans, um, just a lot of warmth and such a community and family oriented and that then translates into friendships and building strong friendships as a result. So I agree. Definitely. <laughs> so, so we talked a little bit, right. Of just the, the stressors of this year. Um, is there anything that you've done to help yourself just stay well um, during this time? Um, any self-care practices that you do that have helped you that could potentially help other people listening? Yeah, um, I I, uh, I definitely find myself guilty. I'm sure everybody um, 
is comfortable admitting this at this point. It's 2021, but I, I think like halfway through the pandemic, I just like realized how glued to this thing I was. Mm-hmm. And that's just not healthy. Um, it definitely, uh, you can just feel it kind of lower your quality of life. You just feel yourself thinking differently and going in dark places. And, you know, you might be scrolling for hours before you can realize that you're scrolling. It's frustrating. So I really tried to implement um, reading at least 15 to 30 minutes a day, um, getting back into that, taking walks without my phone um, and just meditating, which are all things that I haven't been implementing into my life. So um, I've been doing really great with that lately. And then also I've been more fit than I probably have been in the last like seven to nine years or whatever, probably since high school. So uh, I've been just trying to just be physically and mentally a lot healthier, eating better. Um, so as far as like, just to simplify it to whoever might be listening on, on what they might be able to do, I, I definitely think it, it does wonders to uh, implement reading um, and taking a walk without your phone, just taking a breath mm-hmm. of fresh air and realizing what's around you. So um, definitely that would be my advice. Yeah. Yeah. That detachment. And it was weird, right? Cause we were all isolated all of a sudden and then right. The only way that we could really stay connected was through technology. And so it was weird, right? It was like a double-edged sword of like, okay, I need this device to talk to my family, my friends, my loved ones, but it's also, it can get out of hand real quick and it can really be detrimental. So just finding, finding that healthy balance. So important. Have you heard that conspiracy about the techno technology moguls uh, doing this pandemic because uh, they want us to be glued to our phones. No. Off Amazon all the time. no? I haven't I heard that sense. one. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, so many conspiracies <laughs> last year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and Bill <We> know, Gates. <laughs> man. <Yeah>. Oh, man. <laughs> you no, know, we got you. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great that you found a way to disconnect and just get more in touch with yourself. And every time I connect with people and hearing that that's what that's one of the things that came out of this time I'm so happy to hear it because and me too like just strengthening that relationship um with oneself is so so vital um so I'm so happy to hear that that came out of this time yeah I definitely think this um I I I personally from just kind of briefly like analyzing my friends, I feel like it's been a really positive thing, um, especially for creatives. I mean, you've just had nothing but time, right? You've had time to create and get to know yourself. And um, I think we we're moving so fast. Like I said, I told you I lived here three and a half years now. And um, I think it takes somebody asking me how long I've lived here before I realize that it still feels like a year and a half, two years because of how, especially in Vegas, life moves so fast. So I think the pandemic there was a lot of positives but unfortunately there's the other side of the, the spectrum as well and, yeah. um, you know we wish those people luck and hopefully they can uh, find some things to help them get yeah. to know themselves a little bit better too so mm-hmm. yeah and that's why you know i art and music um was, was such a big part of is of my healing continues to be and you know that's why with with lyf we do so much with promoting the arts, promoting music, because that's like the 
one of the best ways to maintain a healthy state of mind, right? And just allowing mm-hmm. allowing that energy, whatever it feels like, but just transmuting that and whatever project that you're doing. And it has the capacity to save your life for real. So um so yeah, it's been a good time for art and music, that's for sure. Hundred percent. Low low blessing in disguise. Yes, yes. Uh, we don't want to uh, celebrate too much. I'm sure the pandemic's done uh, a number on uh, some people too. But yes, you know, for um, for positivity's sake, I'm sure it, it's done a lot of good things too. Mm, yeah, yeah, right. It's When's first... the last cold that you got? A common cold. I feel like everybody's just generally uh, washing their hands more and doing like, the little things that we should have been doing this whole time. So yeah, yeah. there's another positive. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I've, I, I never carried around hand sanitizer and now I have it everywhere I go. (laughs) Never did that. And I probably should have done that before. So (laughs) is the, uh, is the alpaca going to be there on the 27th or are we in the other part? Oh, we're in the other part. Damn. Right. I wanted to see how the homie was doing. Yeah, yeah shout, out, good. shout out to Marley, right? That was his, that's his name. Marley. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name, but yeah, uh, Marley. Fitting, fitting for Ferguson's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so tell me now. I mean, we talked about it now um, and some things that you've drew from this past year, but any other big lessons that that have that you gathered from this time and you find yourself uh, implementing in your life now I think um surrounding yourself um with energy that you are cohesive with um is really important and I think that's something that I really discovered is uh you might want to like fight through certain relationships and uh, certain networks because you see um opportunity or benefit or uh just something that you know you're so hungry for your dream so it can it it can just help you in whatever way you think it might but I think it's so much more um beneficial for you to surround yourself with the right people that um have that aura that that you vibe with because that that negativity is just going to keep um bringing you down over time and it's just not really worth Mm -hmm. forcing uh, relationships and forcing different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm happy you brought that up. It's so true. Um, that would definitely, it, it definitely made me in my life to look at that. And uh, because right, a diet is so much more than what we feed our bodies, right? It's uh, it's what we're listening to. It's what we're watching. It's like you said, who we're, how, who we're surrounding ourselves with. Um, so it's important to take an audit of all that, even the pages we're following on social media, right? It's like, what, who's, who's helping your mental health, who isn't, um, and, and just take, and taking an audit on that. And if someone that you're following isn't helping you, then it's okay to unfollow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I found myself, I'm very like a methodical person. I'm a Virgo. So I'm always like, just overly logical and like okay like you know this this is going to help me get to point b from point a so i need to stick with this but i think this pandemic really opened my eyes to like how important your mental health is and your quality of life and um you know just even if 
somebody makes sly comments um, once every time you see them, that's that's enough to to kind of chip away at you, and maybe you need to reevaluate some some yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's a lot more important than people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. So. Yeah, what a time, but it's, despite the challenges, uh, it provides a lot of opportunity to, again, empower ourselves and and those around us, so uh, to make positive changes for all of us. Uh, Yeah, good stuff. Uh, But Philip, so before we close out, I want to talk a little bit um, about, well, yeah, so the 27th. we're going to be doing our love yourself expression event. Philip Wolf will be performing. So it's, he's going to be closing the night. Super excited. <laughs> and uh, so tell us um, what song we're going to be featuring today after the episode. And will we be hearing this song next week too at the event? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, I'll be having um, uh, the guys with me, um, some of the guys in the Nor movement. I'm not sure you're, you're familiar familiar with them, but they're a, a wonderful jazz band out here. Um, so I'll be bringing a couple of those guys out to perform That's live awesome. renditions of the song. So everything that you're going to hear is going to be sounding completely different from um, if you were to look me up on Spotify and stuff. So I'm really excited for everybody to hear. But the song uh, I want to feature is called On My Way, O-M-W, actually. Um, it's an abbreviation. It's a collab I did with this producer uh, up in Dallas, and um, he's he's a uh, a trap producer so he does nothing but trap music so i feel like we kind of both got each other out of our comfort zones which is why i really um really am happy with the song um and it was like a little lock-in project that we did so i I flew out there and spent the night three days and we we cooked as much as we could and and this was one of our favorites so um that's the song we're featuring It's, it's super dope uh melodic track um I feel like it has a, a deeper meaning, but um, a more simplistic lyrically. Um, and yeah, we'll be doing a, a jazz rendition of it on the 27th that I'm really excited to reveal as well. It'll be our first time doing that. So that's so cool. I'm so excited to, so excited now. <laughs> yeah. And awesome. it's dedicated to uh, Marley, the alpaca. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that we can, one of the biggest challenges for me um, with the, with the pandemic obviously was not being able to uh, curate events um, because I love, love, love gathering people together and um, just getting to hear music in person. And, but, you know, we all, we had to do it. Um, So, but I'm just so thankful that we're at that point now where, where we can, um, gather again and listen to live music so super excited to see you perform philip thank you i'm excited to be a part of it i'm excited to be back on stage but um also i mean for such a great cause it makes it 10 times even better mm-hmm. so thank you for having me and uh shout out to meg phantom too i'm excited to perform with her so yes she's, awesome. she's our, our co-feature of the night and always a joy too to just her her voice so angelic it's such an angelic voice that she has. So, um, but yeah, so for folks listening, um, we will be also donating a percentage of our ticket sales to an AAPI, um, to an organization helping uh, end the violence against um, 
our AAPI community and also to celebrate. We're going to take the time to celebrate, you know, the beautiful culture um, that our Asian Americans bring to the United States and uh, also bring awareness to Mental Health Awareness Month. A lot of good things. So, uh, so yeah, thanks so much, Philip, for talking with me today and then for being part of next week. But before we finish, I want to know what is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to listen to your music um, or find you on social media? Uh, yeah, so I just go by my name, Philip Wolf. Um, and uh, I'm definitely pretty active on Instagram, but I'm on all social networks and all platforms. So uh, just look up my name, Philip Wolf. Um, if you can't remember it, Philip the Filipino, just <laughs> pop that in your head. And uh, yeah, run up the Spotify streams for me. Beautiful. Yeah. And we'll, we'll uh, include all the links too. And so people can find you easily. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it. of course. Thank you, Philip. And uh, yeah, I appreciate this. And it was just nice to get a chance to talk about our the culture that we have here in Vegas and just get to know you. And so very grateful that you're here in Vegas and that we'll get to hear you sing live very soon. All right, everyone. Well, yeah, thanks again, Philip. And um, thank you to everybody listening. As always, please leave us a review so we can keep growing our podcast and be sure to listen. Stay tuned to listen to Philip's single. Thank you, everyone. Finally find love for me Finally find words on the love way down Finally out who on me Finally out you what you could Then you head off to your hometown Been a while since I've been lost too Been a minute since I've been around you Counting all the days on the creek